Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Couple things you just heard Marco mention the Nets loss that clinches the Knicks fifth spot and a matchup with the net with the Nets with the Cavaliers in the first round. We've anticipated it for a while. Well, it is officially happening. Knicks and the Cavs. Cavs will be the four seed. That they will have home court advantage throughout that series. Knicks will be the five spot. Should be a fun series, and of course, it would go that way with Donovan Mitchell being traded to the Cavs in the offseason as opposed to the Knicks, and now these two teams will meet in the first round. Let's just hope that Julius Randle will be healthy for that. One more thing before we get back to the calls, 877-337-6666. You look at the Mets and look at the lack of offense and immediately think, well, they have some guys in the minors who will be ready, right? Let's see what they could do. Well, maybe not. Brett Beatty yesterday having to leave the game in AAA with Syracuse due to an apparent thumb injury. Um, so he's got it, and it's the thumb that he had surgery on last year, that he had injured last year. That's not good. And we don't know the details. They're going to have imaging done on it, so stay tuned for more on that. But Beatty, who was off to a ridiculous start, somehow apparently re-injured that thumb while swinging the bat. He stayed in the game to run the bases, then was taken out in the top of the fourth or whatever it was, or the, the fourth inning. After that, with that apparent thumb injury. So that's something to watch where if it weren't for that, we'd be saying, get Beatty up here now. Mets could use some offense. Figure it out. Find a roster spot for him. But now he has to go through um, some tests and see if if he's going to be healthy. I'll, I'll tell you, man, sometimes it's just not your year. So much of success in sports depends on luck. Nobody wants to realize that. Nobody wants to acknowledge that just because there's no way to quantify it, right? How do you, oh, that's luck. Okay, what does that mean? Same people that don't believe in luck blame me for the Mets losing the division last year. But anyway, it's not about, it can't be about luck. No, it is. Diaz going down was just an awful, awful sign. Verlander, hours before the first pitch of the season is thrown in Miami, Verlander has to be put on the I.L., and now the Beatty thumb issue. 
What will be next? 877-337-6666. Look who's on the line. Doug on Long Island taking the time to give us a call this morning. Good to hear from you, Doug. You know, Sal, I'm on vacation. I got to call you. Again? How many, how many yeah. vacations you get? No, it's my first one in three years, and I made sure it was two. It was two weeks. I was going home tomorrow, but UConn helped me extend it, so I'm going to stay another three days. <laughs> All right, I like it. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, I usually, you know, I, I lose it with the Mets, but I, I, I can't right now. The, the one thing that bothered me tonight from last year, Buck always bunted with Nito. It was, a, you know, and they might've got blown out anyway. The game was two nothing. Nito's at bats have been atrocious. Rowdy Telez is the first baseman. We're having trouble hitting. You know, move runners along, go hit and run, do something different. And I, he let me know, hit. That one killed me. That one bothered me. Like That's what you're going to worry about after this game? Not Scherzer, not the offense getting shut out two games in a no. row? You're going to worry about uh, Buck not bunting with Tomas Nito? No, because cause when you're not hitting, you got to, as a manager, put guys in motion, bunt. Move runners along. Like, that was a curious move to me with Buck. That bothered me. Um, Scherzer will be fine. Scherzer's going to work it out. I, you know, listen, everybody's going to overreact. Um, you know I'm a Lindor guy. Uh, I'm a little down on Lindor. I don't want to see him and Buck buddy-buddy two games in a row in the eighth and then hugging each other. You know, I don't want to see that. You, I don't care what he got paid, but he did get paid. You got to produce. That has to change. See, of, of, of all the guys, Scherzer, Verlander, Lindor, Alonzo, of all those guys, I actually trust Lindor to be the best of the bunch. I have legit concerns about Scherzer at this point. I have concerns about Verlander who I haven't seen yet. And for some reason, Doug, I just, I'm a little nervous about Alonzo, but I believe in Lindor that's still going to have a big year. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll be fine. I, I feel bad for Pete because you can see He's, he he needs to be the – he's a game wrecker on this team. You could see the other teams are pitching around him. I mean, he's had two games, I think, in Miami where he was patient. I think the Sunday game he showed it well. You, but you clearly see that the teams don't want him beating them. But, but Sal, one thing, like, everybody's bringing up all the negative. The one positive, like – I know everybody's worried about Max. They're worried about Verlander. I think Verlander's going to be fine. I think this has a lot to do with the way last season ended for Max. I think the Mets played the Verlander thing smart. He's been throwing, I think they said, every day. I think he's going to be fine. He'll miss maybe two more weeks. But, Sal, I saw Sanger the other day. You saw him pacing in the dugout. He clearly was amped up. The first two guys got on. One of them should have been a strikeout. Then he had, the, you know, he had two hits, two walks. Sal, his arsenal is filthy. Uh, he, that might be one of the filthiest arsenals I've seen in that pitch I have, other than DeGrom, in a long time. And Yeah, well, I mean, the ghost fork is nasty. Guys are swinging out of the balls, bouncing four feet in front of home plate. So I'm curious to see what he does Saturday. Matter of fact, I want to go out there and see it in person because it's against that same Marlins team. So I want to see, you know, same guy, same team, back-to-back -back starts with that type of stuff. Do they adjust, and then how does he counter? I think that's going to be a fascinating game Saturday right. for Kodai Senga. I mean, I, you know, let me sum it up. Last year, we got out ahead. 
you know, we just assumed we were winning the division, World Series or bust. We lost Diaz. You know, this year is going to be a struggle. I think we need to hang around, and I need to see the front office come through with the deadline, and and then the guys we pay the money, Scherzer, Verlander, Lindor, those guys have got to come through. So I'm not going to lose my money after six games. They're three and three. It is. What I just. It is. Well, the record is not very good. Like I said, they didn't lose their first series until mid-May last year, so that's concerning. I want to know why, Doug, you have so much confidence that Scherzer is okay. Now, I love Scherzer. You know that if you listen to the show, you watch me on SNY. I love Max Scherzer, probably my favorite player on the team. I have legit concerns. What the hell's going on with him, and why don't you have those concerns? What gives you so much confidence that Max will be fine after watching him getting tattooed his last four starts with this team? I wouldn't say he got tattooed the first thought. The first thought he was good. Um, I, I well, he gave up a big homer. Yeah, that's a big in, homer. You're right. He didn't get tattooed. Yeah. But I, I legit believe, like, it's going to take a little time. And the Mets had as many guys, I think, as anybody in the WBC, and they didn't go by the rules. Like, you saw yesterday something. Not, not you know, uh, Max's start, but you saw Carrasco's start. His first pitch, he, he didn't even get off before the, the time. Like, like this is a different game. Like, I, I just think we need to be a little more patient with these rules. My one concern is that from what I've seen so far in the first week of baseball, the stolen base, a lot of teams are valuing the stolen base, and the Mets are just a team that is not going to do well in the stolen base area. That is a concern to me. That's something I'm definitely worried about. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have, I guess, the guys to do it. And, Doug, great to hear from you. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks for taking the time to give us a call this morning. Yeah, Maybe they don't have the the roster to take advantage of it. I know Marte could steal some bases, you would hope. Um, Nimmo could be more of a base stealer. Lindor, when he gets going, I'm sure he'll steal some bags as well. The Mets are a weird, they're a weird offense. I mean, I like Nimmo, and I do think he's going to be an impactful player this year. Once he gets going and clicking consistently, that will help. Their, their first four guys should be good. I mean, without Lindor and Alonzo getting the job done, the offense looks brutal. It's pathetic. Once Lindor and Alonzo get going, Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo is a very, very, very good first four in the order. McNeil's best as a sixth hitter. They need a five hitter. And then you roll the dice with... Seven, eight, nine. You hope eventually Beatty can come up and be one of those guys to fill those spots. They're going to have to go out and get one other guy and then hope that, you know, let's say they go out and get a five hitter. Let's say Beatty comes up and can be a legit seven hitter. And then they need, you know, let's just get production from the catcher spot. And that's fine. You could live with not every spot in the order being productive. But right now, it's all about the top four, which makes it even more frustrating or more you know blatantly obvious that they don't have a good lineup when Lindor and Alonzo struggle. When those two guys aren't hitting, you look at the team and you say, they're not very good offensively. Jim is in Morris Plains. Good morning, Jim. What's on your mind? Sally, baby. Good morning. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you this morning? Been a little bit, not bad, not bad. It's been a little bit. Speaking of vacation, I tr- I was in Italy uh, 
two weeks ago, right before uh, opening day, I think the day before, I tried giving you a call, but uh, I couldn't get through. I wanted to see where uh, Marco's parents are from and see see where I should go and where I should see if I could stop by and grab a bite to eat or something. But I, I, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get through. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't remember the exact day, but that would have been fun. Let's go on a tour of where Marco's parents grew up. Sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I wanted to talk a little about the Yankees. I mean, what, they, can they just DFA uh, Hicks already and, and kind of Falefa? Like, bring up Dominguez, bring up Peraza, and just, like, let go of uh, Donaldson, eat the money. And, like, the Mets did with Ruff, just I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing Aaron Hicks fly out, ground out, strike out, dropping pop-ups, whatever. He, he's, he's the worst. Like, I don't know if it's Boone or Cashman. He, they, he bring up Dominguez. Like, let him play center field. I don't need to well, see forget, Isaiah forget, kind of. If, you know, forget Dominguez. And, and I'm with you. I don't want to see IKF in center field either, but they're trying to justify having him on this team. He's got no spot in the infield. So they're getting him acclimated in center field. Not that he looks awful out there, but it's it, well, it's kind of falefa. You, you can't you, – Dominguez, forget about it. Dominguez is not ready. He's well, not close yet, so forget him. I, I, did you see his spring training? I mean, he was he was uh, hitting the cover off the ball in spring training. I know, I, I saw, think twice, I saw, but it's spring training. It's not the major but, leagues. It's all yeah. it's all different. Okay, so yeah, I mean, Andrew Jones did it. These guys do it. All, Michael Harris does it for the Braves. Like these guys do it all the time. Just bring him up and give him a shot. Like it's better than I because I don't know who else is another option besides Hickson Center when Judge when Judge needs to DH or or something like that or play right. Well, you get, they got to get Harrison. They got to get Harrison Bader back, who he's getting closer to coming yeah. back. Once, yeah, you know, once Bader comes back, it'll be a little bit different for the Yankees in that outfield. I mean, Aaron Hicks is a problem. I I don't think they're gonna cut Isaiah yeah. kind of Falefa. They might with Hicks. I mean, they're trying to get something out of him. They're gonna eventually move on from Hicks. But you know, with the Yankees, there's no need to panic because they still have a loaded offense. And thank you for the call, Jim. Appreciate you checking in. They still have a loaded offense. It's just thin again in the bottom of that order at times with certain lineups. And look, you know, with Volpe, that can become an issue with him, whether it's defensively or whether it's offensively. There is a lot of expectation with him, a lot of pressure being put on him, and he has not delivered so far. Now it's just five games, but you're seeing a rookie. You're seeing a learning curve. And that's on top of fielding a lineup with Hicks and IKF in it. You know, Higashioka, whatever. He is what he is at this point. Backup catcher. But if Donaldson is not what they think, now you have all of a sudden, you know, five spots in that lineup behind the big guys that can be problematic. You know, Rizzo getting a day off yesterday, so that, you know, changes things when you replace, let's say, Hicks or IKF with Rizzo. You know, obviously Judge would be in center, Rizzo would be at first, and he could move around. You know, LeMay would be the DH. That lengthens it out significantly. But the Yankees want to get guys rest and try to get guys in there. This is what we saw last night, their weakest version of their lineup. And it showed. Four hits total, the only run coming in the ninth inning off of a solo homer from LeMay. Those are nights where they need the top guys to produce, and they did not last night. But Hicks and IKF, woof. And, you know, like I said, Volpe 
you know, eventually, maybe when everybody's looking at Glaber being the odd man out, maybe it is going to be Donaldson. Maybe the Yankees realize at some point during the year, you know what, let's cut our losses with Donaldson and get Peraza up here. If you want to move Volpe, you move Volpe, and you have Peraza and Volpe and, and Glaber in the same infield. But the Yankees needed a left fielder coming into the year. With the loss of Harrison Bader, they need a left fielder even more. Dominguez is not going to be the answer, though. Jim is in Haverstraw. Jim, good morning. Salami. Let's crack a lacking, buddy. Good morning, Jim. What's on your mind? <laughs> Listen, I we're we're crazy as fans. That that one caller. I mean, you have Edward Diaz out for a year. You have Scherzlander. I mean, you have you know, <laughs> Scherz is is pitching to a six and a half. You have Lander out for for you know with the injury, and he's talking about bunting. I mean, what, what's going on with everybody? I mean, it's it's really crazy. Uh, you Doug, know, I like Doug it. is trying to be calm. Uh, Doug usually, you know, as irrational as everybody else, ripping the Mets left and right, but he's been calm with them. I'll give him credit for that. But yeah, I would not be focused on uh, Buck and bunting <laughs> with Tomas Nito at this particular point. Uh, it's so funny, but so listen, I, I've called uh, a couple times about the the rule change, and you know, I'm that kind of. Uh, you know, old school type of deal. And I think I called you about uh, Stanton the second game when he got up, you know, bases loaded, whatever, and they called the ball on, on the pitcher. But I'm watching the, the runners now. Um, they are, when when a pitcher is thrown over twice and the third time would going over would be either out or, or safe, they're, they're running now on the clock. They're not even running on the pitcher. So it's like all that, you know, stuff of the first base base coach with the, the stopwatch and, and the time and, you know, pet it, you know, throwing over, you know, trying to um, trick them or whatever. It's like, it's all going away. Like, whether it's premeditated or worked out in real time with these guys on the field, um, you know, they're going to figure stuff out. You want to call it a loophole or, or whatever. But, I mean, this is the kind of things, the stuff that I was concerned about um, going forward with the rules. And, and, and Sal, listen, I am, uh, it is great to watch these games in the amount of time, but seeing these type of things that is, is kind of ruining the game for me or, or my game, it's, it's, I mean, it's only, you know, like we keep talking about only game four or five, six, whatever, but it's like, you know, I got a guy, uh, you know, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, one out, and He's getting the ball before he even gets to the box. I got, I got these guys running on a, a clock now. I mean, they're not even running on the pitcher's move. Baseball baseball is supposed to be an untimed sport. And now there is a clock involved. Now there's a clock involved. Now, look, I am actually shocked. I don't know if I like it yet. If I don't, there are obviously parts to it that are great about it, where you're not sitting there for four hours plus watching a terribly played baseball game. So there are there are good parts to having the game over, but I'm telling you, that's, I think, more so from a work perspective than a fan's perspective. The fans generally shouldn't care how long the game takes, but it's a timeless sport that's now being timed, and a part of that still bothers me, Jim. I know, and, and you bring up the work thing. and It's kind of what I've been trying to um, compare this to a little bit. But, I mean, the the clock thing, right? The, the Yankee game... Uh, uh, last night was on uh, well, Prime or whatever. That little mm-hmm. box up in the corner, you know, the the, the uh, count, the score, all that stuff. There's 
now they have the clock. I got so much stuff going on up in that little corner, you know, the, the speed, the whatever. But, you know, Sal, you, you bring up the work thing. And, and you know sometimes how you're at work and you get in the morning, you got so much work to do. You know, guy walks by your desk, says, let's, let's go get something to eat. And you're like, what time is it, 12 o'clock? And four hours went by in a second, right? Because we're only, we, I say we're only, we shaved off 21 minutes, right? So, you know, three and a half goes to three, whatever, uh, 3.15 goes to 2.45. But I think people are now viewing this game going a lot quicker than they really think because you are engaged all the time now, which is, is awesome. But in reality, we shaved off 20 minutes. At the end of the day, is, this, is that what we're complaining about? Are we really complaining about? We're putting clocks up. You have guys uh, stealing on a clock now. You have Stanton getting. I mean, I don't know, man. Sal, I, I just well, a couple of things, Jim. There's there's a lot there, and thank you for the call. We always appreciate listening and taking the time to call. There's a lot there. Number one, any network that shows that pitch clock counting down from ten seconds on is making a huge mistake. It's terrible. Nobody wants to or needs to see it. Now, if you want to flash it with five seconds to go, maybe I could understand that. You cannot every time put that thing up with 10 seconds to go. Just let us know when it's a violation. I don't want to see a clock there in the score bug. I don't want to see the countdown. It's distracting. It's not that important. It is not important enough. to have. There's not a shot clock. So be it. A violation happens, so be it. Let us know about it. I don't want to see the clock counting down. You know, the other thing is, I, I give you the work perspective angle from these games being short because I think the message that you're hearing about the length of the games is coming from the media who wants the games to go faster because they don't want to work all night. That's the facts. Even for me, I'll admit, you know, when I get home, so the last couple of nights I've been doing the show from home because I haven't been working the late show at SNY because I'm not on until 2 a.m. So, as a matter of fact, I just thought my schedule was going to be different, so I took off those two nights. So instead of waiting around all night in the city till 2 a.m. after I'm done with Baseball Night in New York, I come home. I hang out with my wife. I actually have dinner with her like a normal human being. We watch TV. I take a little nap. I'm actually refreshed and awake for the show, believe it or not. And it's just, it's a little, a difference maker. But the point is, I know when these games are on, I have to watch them, right? It's part of my job. Even though I'm technically not working, I have to watch them. And my wife knows the deal as well. It is a lot easier for me to have these games wrap up in two and a half hours, two hours, even three hours, than it is 3.30, 3.40, four hours. I'm just giving you a, a specific example of how it impacts me and my work schedule. Others who are actually at the game or cover the game, or if I'm working the late show at SNY, I'm not on until after the game. And there were times over the years where these games are taking three and a half, four hours, and we're going, instead of, instead of me leaving work at 1130, I'm leaving work at 1230. That's a big difference. So the people that are being impacted by this work-wise are the ones who are sending the message to the fans who generally couldn't give a crap about how long the game takes because it's not impacting their work. That's an escape for most people. Watching a baseball game, watching the Yankees or the Mets is an escape, as it should be. 
So why should I as a fan? You know, when I go to games as a fan, when I went as a kid, and I look up and it's the seventh inning already, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I, I want to be here longer. I don't want the game to end. I wanted to be there. Going to the game more specifically, I guess, than watching it at home. But even watching a game at home, uh, there are times now where I'm listening to the game or watching the game through these first few games this year where I feel like it's going too fast. It just feels it. The results may only average 20 minutes total, but it feels like they're flying by. Where it used to be a nice, calm feeling with it, knowing that the game is going to be there for several hours. I'm not saying that's best for the game. What I think is best for the game is probably what they're doing, speeding it up, getting a new audience, a younger audience, that's going to be able to keep their attention span throughout the entire game. Because stuff's happening at a quicker pace. But it does feel rushed. And it feels timed, where it's supposed to be a timeless sport. That's the beauty of baseball. Not to mention that the impact that that has on the stolen bases, on the pitchers and their stamina, on the hitters and their routine. There's going to be an adjustment here. We're in the midst of it. We're, we're in the learning curve and the adjustment for it. The sport has changed. It's evolving. It's different. There's no doubt about it. I am stunned how impactful this pitch clock has been. Because even the longer games now, it's like, whoa, that was a three-hour game. It was the Yankees, I think, three hours last night. Whoa, a three-hour game. That's on the long side. You had a game yesterday with the Marlins and Alcantara that finished under two hours. You get a well-pitched game now, it's going to be under two hours. How the hell is a baseball game going quicker than a basketball or a hockey game? Think about that. That's insane. It's not supposed to be like that. Baseball is supposed to be timeless and supposed to have storytelling and calmness and breathing throughout the game as opposed to now being rushed. A part of me likes it. A part of me doesn't. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Delicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. It's already that time of year. Got the text from the lawn guy. Happy spring. Hope all's well. Let's get you on the schedule for spring cleaning. Let me know what works. Ignore. Delete block. No, uh, I'm just kidding. I do have to get back to him, though. But, I mean, it's just it just never ends. You know what I mean? It never ends. Then, guess what? Not only that do I get that text message on top of all the other crap that I have to get done. Then, the car light comes on. Maintenance required. You know what time it is. You've reached another, whatever, 15,000 miles to get it. So now, and it's not even like, you know, obviously it's not a big deal. I don't know if it's an oil change or tire thing or who the hell knows what they do. But the problem is setting up the appointment, then having to take the time to go there, sit there and wait there an hour plus and do nothing, twiddle my thumbs or search social media and see how many people hate me and wait for my car to be done. Then I got another text. 
Hey, your inspection on your vehicle is due. Oh, great. There's more. Oh, yeah. By the way, taxes are due in a couple of weeks. When am I supposed to do all this crap? It's baseball season. Lawn stuff, tax stuff, car stuff. Oh, my God. It just continues to pile up. Why do we? This is not fair. Why do we have to work five days a week and only get two days off? Like, we really need a third day off as a maintenance day. Because on your two days off, you're not off. At least one of the days is maintenance day. Food shopping and do the laundry and fold the clothes and put them away and get everything. Not to mention if you have a kid, I'm not going to go down there. I mean, really, you can't work. You want to function with a child and keep your life in order. I mean, you need six days off a week. But let's just say right now, the balance should be four on, three off, no? And that third day is a maintenance day. Oh, what are you off this weekend? Well, yeah, I'm off the weekend and I got a maintenance day on Tuesday. You, know, you got to take the car in, you got to take care of the lawn, you know, a little doctor's appointment, whatever it is. Food shop, you know, run to Costco, same stuff, maintenance day. Because an off day should be, in other words, like Saturday, for example, right? I want to go to the Met game. And it's not that I'm dying to go to a baseball game, but it's been a while. You know, season just gets underway. I'm excited. I want to see Kodai Senga. I'd like to see the new offerings at City Field, whether it's a scoreboard or just check out the food, whatever. It's something I love to do, going to ball games. Nice escape for, what, two hours now? Used to be a nice escape for three and a half hours. Now it's a nice escape for two hours. Anyway, if I want to do that, not only is my wife going to be ticked off because I'm probably not taking her because she doesn't want to go with the baby, which is a whole other issue, you know, because the baby can't sit there, even if the game is two hours, still not going to work for her. So now I'm away from my wife where we have limited time together anyway, not to mention that I have to fit in the lawn service, car inspection, car service, food shop, laundry, you know, and then you got to, and not only, like, I got to go to the, I want to go to the outlets actually this weekend. And this weekend screwed because you have Easter, you have a holiday. So now it's really shot. Because what are you doing on Easter Sunday if you celebrate? Oh, you're going to spend time with your family. Of course, who wouldn't do that? That's not a me day. That's a holiday. I want off. When I'm off, I want a me day. And there aren't any of those anymore. You need a third day. It's not right. But anyway, I wanted to go to the outlets because I want to refresh the wardrobe a little bit. Need some new gym sneakers. You know, potentially some other type sneakers, maybe some shirts. I don't know. Whatever. I want to check. Hey, go to the outlets. It's a process. You know how long that's been on my list? Like weeks to try to go to the outlets. There's no time. We need a third day off. And it's not to be pigs about it. Like we don't want to work. We need a maintenance day. You know what I'm saying, Stuart? Wouldn't it help to have a maintenance day? Oh, stop it, please. Calm Your whole down. life is a maintenance day. What do you mean so, calm down? I got no time so, to do anything. So, when I was driving my black car in camp, I was working 80 to 100 hours a week in five days. And how would you maintain things? Like, when did you do laundry or food shop? Well, I was living with my parents, but when I was married, I, I, I made time. What about going to the outlets? Did you do that? Did you go get new sneakers? No, I did, but you have to understand one thing. This is the way it is. Like Elvis Presley said, that's the way it is. Hmm. It's simple. You've got to calm down. 
break it down. So one week you don't do everything. There's always the next week to do stuff. And right, but that you're stop. exactly right. And then it drags out over months. So it's like, okay, so well, this out. one day. No. Well, I want to enjoy what myself. Day? I'm getting old, Stuart. Who knows how long I got left here? So, how old are you? 43. I'm tired of doing crap. I want to just relax and do what I want to do. How how come on an off day I got a list of stuff that I don't want to do? I'm 70 and I've been through hell and high water. Mm. I've been through hell and high water. Are you kidding me? Are you enjoying yourself at least? Yeah, I'm enjoying myself now. I go to the gym three times a week. I work out. I'm getting ready to kick your butt in the arm wrestling match. (laughs) I'm getting ready to kick your butt. Uh, I have what? been working out. I must guess warn what? you. I have been guess, working out. Yeah. Guess what? You lose. Okay. Well, That's we'll Brock Lesnar telling you, you lose. We'll see, big guy. This oh, ain't man. Wrestling. They, uh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been working out, getting back in shape, getting can my... We, can we wear back. gloves when we do this? Because I don't know if I want to like touch hands. It's not just you. We're just in general. Gloves. Whatever you want, okay. as long as a certain Ron Conkama person is right there to see this crap. Oh, oh! What do you think you're going to show off in front of Nicole and Ron Conkama? I'm huh? not showing off. I'm just proving a fact. Yeah. All that right. I, I, I. Are you kidding me? Come on. But do you know? Come you on. know what I'm saying, so we're Like, I just want to enjoy. No, I it's like when, your point. when when you no, wake up on Saturday, no. it should be like, let, let me enjoy myself today. And instead, it's no. like, okay, what are we doing? No. You got to get this done, when that I done, that work. done. Sometimes I would cut my schedule down to four and a half days. Okay, I would work four and a half days. I make my money. I bust my tail. Mm. Okay, I used to work eighty to a hundred hours a week. No, I get it. That's a lot. I mean, in I one mean, week I worked one hundred and ten hours. That that's the point. That a lot of us work too much, right? Where's the balance okay, between you, work and you life? Think I didn't. Did that didn't kill me. It hurt. It hurt. Yeah. It caught up with you. It caught up with me. It always catches up with you. Is that part of the reason why you became so angry? That's the way it is. That's the way things go. Is that part of the reason why you became so angry, Stuart? Why did you you become so angry, though? Was it because of all that work? Ah, yeah. Slightly. See? Look, look, I will tell you stuff when I see you again. That will blow your mind. What? what, Something worse than, uh, you know, what happened? The, uh, The incident? No. Worse, yeah, hell yeah, when I was younger. Mm. I'm not going to say it on the radio, no way, uh-uh. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, really. Okay. When I see maybe you, maybe I you clear it with me or Fleegs next time, and then we'll see if we can tell it on the air. Uh, well, put me on with Fleegs after, and I'll tell him. How angry were you with Josh Donaldson when he popped out to end the game? Uh, infumed. Yeah. I want him out of here. I want... I don't want, uh, uh, my fleets made a point about IKF being a, a backup infielder, which is fine. Yes, but I want him out. I want Aaron Hicks gone. I want them, I don't want to see them. And you know who else I want gone? You know who I want gone? Hicks? The DA, the, the person that you call the DA. Who? You call this guy the Oh, uh, the data applicator, Aaron Boone. Yeah, I He's want not him going out. anywhere. What? Uh, this is not Boone's fault. It's it's the Yankees, the way that they've built this team. Well, they keep playing Donaldson or Boone. Oh, well, okay, so we'll take the blame off him for being a dummy. But whose fault is that? Oh, I'm sorry. The one who's been here for, for five million years. Brian Cashman. Who else? What? What have I been saying? They need you look at this team, Stuart. 
You what? look at this Yankee team. You think they're good enough to win the World Series? No. Yeah, me neither. No, no, they're not. They're not good enough. They got to get rid of Donaldson, Aaron Hicks, and they got to bring up. They should really bring up uh, Peraza if he's ready. Only if he's ready. But I want the Martian, but he's not ready yet either. Uh, yeah, but I want to see Aaron Aaron Judge in center field. Everybody that's wants the young. Well, Bader's going to come back soon. Bader will change the look of yes, this team. Makes the Yankees that's significantly deeper. Because he could play center field. And can right. we judge him right and put Stanton on left? It makes, them, it makes them a lot deeper. And thank you for the call, Stuart. You know, deeper like our conversations, Stuart. We always have these deep conversations on these early mornings here on The Fan, and I appreciate them. But Bader will change the look. And remember, too, Bader's another bat in the postseason that had great postseason success. That's another guy that you want to see in there. With the Yankees, it's all about the playoffs and who's going to get it done uh, in that spot. Guy like Donaldson, not going to get it done. Hicks, I wouldn't worry about. I don't think Hicks is going to be long here. It's gotten to a point now where they got to just cut bait and move on. I mean, this is it's ridiculous. He's getting booed. First, Hicks, well, really, just Hicks has been a disappointment. Then he's not getting an opportunity, so then he complains about not getting an opportunity. Then he gets in there, and he does nothing with the opportunity, and the crowd is booing him, letting him know that they're not appreciative of him complaining about not getting opportunity and not doing nothing with the opportunity when given. It's time to move on. The Aaron Hicks experiment is over. Don't even waste anybody's time writing his name in the lineup. It's over. Maybe he'll go somewhere else and have some success, a la Joey Gallo, but it's over for Aaron Hicks. And, you know, they get Bader back, they'll look different. But I still don't see a championship caliber ball club with the Yankees. Bill is calling from Staten Island. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Bill? Good. Uh, yeah, if Beatty's not injured bad and maybe it's a couple of weeks, as soon as he gets healthy, they got to bring him up unless Escobar's tearing it up. And another thing, uh, uh, Mauricio's got to come up and be the DH. He's a switch hitter. Why can't he just be the DH? He can't be any worse than what what what, what they got going now. Well, uh, they don't they they don't believe these guys are ready for the big leagues. I mean, he might be worse than what they have going now. And remember, I don't want to just overreact to six games here. I mean, think about that. How crazy it sounds for us to come on and overreact to six games. It's a deeper problem where you look at the whole team as opposed to one specific spot with the DH. But if Ronnie Mauricio needs to be an answer for the Mets this year, they've got big, big problems. This well, team is supposed to be built to go win a win. They have the highest payroll in baseball, and we're talking about bringing up Ronnie Mauricio to be a difference? Well, Listen, the way the team looks, they look like their payroll should be about $120 million, the way they look. I get it. Yeah, but that, but that's a problem. You know, is Ronnie Mauricio coming up? Is he going to fix Francisco Lindor or Pete Alonso? Because if those guys don't hit, they're toast anyway. If Max Scherzer doesn't get out, they're toast anyway. Well, I don't know. Well, I thought, well, I thought they were going to make one of them play outfield. Vientos or, or Mauricio play the outfield. Get some – where are they playing? They got Mauricio at shortstop, and they got the other guy at first base, Vientos. Where, yeah, are, they, well, where are they come? Where are they playing for the Mets? Well, when, eventually they're going to move Mauricio. I mean, it just makes too much sense. You can't imagine him being at short. And thanks for the call, Bill. But you're missing the point. You're focused on Vientos. Think about this for a second. And I know everybody gets excited about the young guys, the minor league system, especially the hyped prospects like Beatty, like Alvarez. Think about this for a second. 
We are talking about two teams. In the Mets case, they have the highest payroll in baseball. Yankees obviously one of, and, and they're the Yankees. But two teams with the expectations to go out there and compete to win a World Series. And yet, what we talk about is, we've had calls talking about Dominguez, bring him up, I want to see him. Peraza, let's see what he's got. Beatty, Mauricio, Vientos. We're focused on the wrong things here. It is about the guys that they have here now. Specifically with the Mets. You know, the Yankees are, their lineup will be fine. It was an off night for one of their weaker versions of their lineups. Bader comes back, it changes things significantly. And they have more than enough to get by. The Mets, we're not so sure that they do. But it doesn't matter what Beatty or Mauricio or anybody else does in the minor leagues if Lindor, Alonzo, Scherzer, Verlander aren't getting it done. They are built on those guys to perform at a high level. And then everybody else does their job behind them. Well, those guys are not performing at a high level so far. Verlander out. Scherzer not very good through his first two starts. Okay in start one. Awful in start two. And Lindor and Alonso have been terrible. They've been non-factors. That cannot happen with this team. Because unlike the Yankees where you could have a night where Judge or Stanton are non-factors, the Yankees have enough elsewhere. The Mets do not. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal Licata back on the Fan, going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry, with Al and Jerry taking your calls. Until then, on this Wednesday morning, Tom is calling from Queens. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind? Hey, Sal. How are you? Great. What's on your mind, Tom? I just wanted to uh, say you are 100% right about this pitch about this pitch clock. I just, I can't, and, 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 and I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the in the majority here. I guess, like everyone in my family likes it. They're like, "Oh, it speeds up the game." You know, you know, I don't need to see people adjust their batting gloves. But I'm like, I like to sit down. I, I like to, you know, 
sit down in front of the TV, process, you know, what's going on. And, and just, I, I just feel like, like everything is rushed. And it's just like, I go up to, to like to go to the bathroom or something at home. And I, I come back and it's, a, it's like, don't, and the whole inning's over. I'm like, can, can we just slow it down just a little bit? Like, it's crazy. There, it, it, it is it's a, a tad too quick, Tom. I know exactly what you mean when you say you want to sit there and process. You're right. There's a lot of thought that goes into watching a baseball game and thinking about certain moves or what needs to happen or whatever it may be. And right, I feel like, right. and I, I've, I've experienced it both watching and listening so far this year is that, you know, driving into work, I had to listen to some of the games. It feels rushed. Both of them watching and listening to it. It feels rushed. Like the goal should not be to get the game over with as soon as possible. It should be to have 100%. the game be enjoyable and played at a high level. Right. And, and look now I, and, and I've been to a game this year. So I, th- I think it, maybe it's better when you're at the game. I mean, I don't because you know, like maybe you're able to kind of like see like see it. So like I, I can't really speak on that part of it. But being but being at home, I love the fact that I was able to you know like sit and say, oh you know you know should he bunt here or like what would I do in the situation and just kind of be like a manager in my own right. Now it's like all right, the pitch is in. You gotta throw the ball now. It's like everything is just it's it, I, I get I I, I it's weird it's weird to say, but I get nervous watching the game. It's like it's 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 just crazy. I don't know if I would say nervous. I mean, maybe anxious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah well, that was a word that I was using. And i got to be honest, I haven't felt that yet, Tom. And thank you for the call. Appreciate listening and taking the time to call. I have not felt that yet with the anxious, the, the way that I did in spring training, worrying about the pitch clock. But I definitely feel like it's rushed. There's... Something to be said about the games being played in two and a half hours. Like, I get that that's cool. You're not just dragging through a three and a half hour, four hour game. But it's also rushed. To a certain extent, it is. And it should be about the quality of play. The entertainment of the game as opposed to the length or time of game. That's, I think, where there's a difference here. As we welcome in Marco Belletti. Marco, I'm assuming uh, you're, you're sitting there, I hope. I, well, it's not going I, I am here, Sal. What's up, man? Okay. Whew, thank God. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna run the risk, and I was like, you know what? I can't run this risk. If he's not there, this would be uh, this would be bad. Anyway. Would it have been funny if I would have just left the dead, the dead air yeah. just to confuse you? <laughs> no, maybe for a second, but I would have been scared. Uh, Fleegs? Anybody? <laughs> by, the, by the way, that's happened before. And I'm like, am I, am I on the air? They're like, yeah, you are. Um do you like this? How do you feel so far? You know, we're only five, six games in here, respectively, with the Mets and Yankees. What do you think? Try to take the – because you and I are in the same spot, right? We work in media, so we're the, the game involves our work, but we're also fans of it. So I'm curious to get your feel here for the for the pitch clock so far. Um, I like it. It feels a little bit rushed, a little bit. Like, I've, I'm cool with the rhythm. I like the fast pace. I like the rhythm. But I do feel like sometimes, like we're worried about the almost like Max Scherzer talking about, like we're worried about the clock more than we were, more than we're worried about like the the rhythm of it. Like I almost feel like a letter of the law. I don't really care if the batter's half a beat late looking at the pitcher. Like I know that's going to be lenient as we move on, and they're trying to be strict early. So I get that part of it. But like if we're still in August, and by a half a beat, Manny Machado gets called out on a strike because he hasn't looked up yet. Like that, I don't want to see. 
So I like the the fast pace. I like the rhythm. I like the quick nature of it. But I don't want to be over the top. Where like give them an extra half a beat or two beats. Like it's not a big deal. Plus I also think in the ninth inning, if there's a close game, the drama gets hurt if you're going mm. too fast. So I feel like there has to be almost kind of like a a human element, if you will, for like the umpires to realize that's where, you know, instead of the robot, you're a human. Get the feel of what's going on. See if someone's truly stalling or if it's just that they need a half a beat. Like, just try not to be over the top. Yeah, maybe and maybe that could be left to the umpire's discretion, but it's never going to be that way. And we want now uh, in sports uh, less things up to the umpire or referee's yeah. discretion where it's all about the replay. I don't know, man. I just, from a work standpoint, yeah, it's great to have these games over in two and a half hours. From a fan standpoint of enjoying a baseball game, I feel like the sport that I grew up loving, the timeless sport of baseball, is significantly altered with a clock to it. It's got a clock to it. It's now timed. Every friggin' pitch is timed. Yeah, again, though, but I feel like it wouldn't be that big a deal. Like If you didn't see the clock and they were just going... Constantly going out there and pitch after pitch. Nobody stepped out of the box. It is similar to what we saw when we were growing up. If you go watch those games in the late 80s and the mid 80s and I'm mean, forget about the 70s, guys didn't leave the box. So I don't think the pace is any quicker. It's just that we now see the clock so it makes us feel rushed. My point is I think the players feel a little bit rushed. Now I know that's early and now we have to force them to get used to that and then hopefully they'll adapt. But I don't want late in the season bigger games and we're going by letter of the law where by a second it's now first and second with one out or the you know or you strike out with the bases loaded because you didn't get in the box fast enough like but, but know then, the situation well, why not this then why not just come over the rule forget the whole clock scrap the pitch clock and just say once you are in the batter's box maybe you have a certain amount of time to get to the on you know from the on deck circle to the batter's box, then you're not allowed to leave the box. That's it. That'll speed things up. No messing around with your jock. No messing around with the batting gloves. Just stay in the box. And then this way, it could be if it's a big situation, maybe the pitcher can relax a little bit and it feels like everybody could take a breath. And maybe that's a, an unfair advantage to the pitching. I don't care. Like, I, I don't I don't like that it's timed. And you're right. It could be policed properly without having these restrictions where there's penalty for a violation within a second or two. I don't know. I just We're not going back. So. We're not going back. This is it. Get used to it. Unfortunately, if you don't like it, tough because there is no way major yeah, but league that's baseball, everything now. I'm sick of it. If I you get don't it. like it tough. I it's get not it. But, for us. Look, I mean, this is ridiculous. Nothing is for us anymore. It's for young kids to get into. I don't care about the bing bongers. Baseball got to the point where every they were banging everybody over the head. It's too long, it's too long, it's too long. This was the concoction they came up with. It is short in the games. That's it. They don't care about anything else right now. They don't care about, especially guys like you and me. They got us. We're watching the game regardless. They could care less what the hell we think because they already have us. There's no chance that we're walking away from this. You and I can't not watch the Mets and the Yankees for the rest of it. It's Dare done. me! Dare me to walk away. I will. You I won't. don't care anymore. I've had it. You won't. They're and that's ruining, the point. They're, they know they're, it. You're right. I won't. They're ruining the sport. They're they, ruining the sport I grew up loving. They got to stop with this crap. By the way, who made it these three and a half hour, four hour ridiculous ball games? They did. You know why? With expansion, with expanding the rosters, with bringing in crappy pitchers who don't belong in the big leagues that can't throw strikes by bringing in guys who don't know how to play baseball that strike out all the time. They can't put the bat on the ball. They made the game worse. And now we have to suffer because they're trying to adjust because they don't know what they're doing by bringing in players that aren't baseball players. So now they're coming up with these ridiculous rules to, to speak 
speed the crappy game up? Because their fault, they created this mess. The biggest thing that I've always said, and this is why, like, you know, well, we cut 20 minutes off the game. Look, I've never gone to a game in my life and went, you know, it was really good. I got home in about two and a half hours. Like, that's that's nonsense. It's not about that. But it was about the pace, the rhythm. That's where it suffered. We had too many games that were three and a half, four hours long. That really sucked. The game was garbage, and it took right. forever just because, you know, it shouldn't have. The pace and the rhythm I like. But again, just don't go over the top and change the outcome and change really what the – there is something to be said about baseball, like the nuance of it, you know, that feeling of what are you going to do now? What's the pitcher thinking? What's the batter thinking? In big moments, not in the third inning of every game in April, but in big moments, let the game breathe a little bit. And I know now we can't because we have to strictly enforce these rules, otherwise they won't be implemented – but as the season moves on, one thing that we have from umpires still being there is the human element, whether you like it or not. Give them a little discretion as the year moves on, almost like football. First couple of weeks, emphasis on holding. You get a penalty every friggin' play. As the season moves on, you get late in the games. We don't see it as much because the officials realize, hey, let's let the players decide what's going on. Same thing in this. Understand early but later on, when these games, and I don't want to say get more important, but as the season grows on and you get those tense moments, don't take away from what we actually really want to see just to make it 10 seconds faster. Because I'll tell you now, 10 seconds into my car faster is not going to be what I'm talking about when Aaron Judge gets called out on a third pitch strike because he wasn't in the batter's box fast enough in the eighth inning. Yeah, it's a, it's the one sport that was timeless. That's what separated baseball from the play clock in the NFL, from the shot clock in the NBA. Obviously, hockey has the constant clock running. Like It's the one sport that was timeless. You didn't think of the clock. You just watched the game, and now there's a clock to it. So that part is definitely going to take some adjusting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.